You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. Can you hear that construction? No. Okay. That's is it. Your house or my house? It's, it's here. They're repaving the alley behind. And so it's like, it's really loud. And I keep hitting the mute button. I'm like, but anyway, I don't cool. hear it. I hear Good. nothing. <laughs> Good. Next time you guys come to Emporia, we'll have a new parking lot. It's going to be really exciting. <laughs> Will that be one of the expo parking lots? Yep. They're both getting, both of the expo parking lots are getting big facelifts. So we started working on our 2024 like media events and mm-hmm. we have hired kelly o'mara now she's helping with feisty and our sports newsletter the feist oh, cool. and i was like do you want to go to emporia with me <laughs> she goes i don't really know anything about gravel i was like well all you need to know it's more fun than triathlon <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> so easy um, peasy anyway so yeah so i'm trying to talk her into or see if we can get some like yeah, put together a project for next really year. We're gonna, yeah, I yeah. love it. I, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk offline, but okay. Yeah, we have an idea. we're online right now. I know we're online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people think we're just talking on the phone. No, we're actually recording <laughs> the recording thingy. <laughs> um, That's funny. So it's not right now, but when this comes out, it's Thanksgiving week, which is so freaking hard to believe. <sighs> why I mean I love Thanksgiving but I'm like I can't believe that that's like that's right here right here right now unreal unfreaking real yeah I feel like being gone for so much of October like really threw me for a loop I still think it should be October yeah yeah it's off yeah Yeah. we're getting ready Uh, to head into 2024 so you eat something weird for Thanksgiving that I remember us talking about last year what I feel like there was something weird that you really liked. Oh, you put your cream corn on your mashed potatoes. That's not weird. It's weird. It is not weird. Would you please I'm, do a survey? It's maybe, but weird. we have cream corn at our house. For- cream corn on mashed potatoes is the bomb. Starch I'm gonna on put, starch. I'm going to put it on an Instagram poll next week, if yeah. I remember. You'll have to text me to remind me, if you remember. <laughs> I think I have a better shot of remembering it right now than you do. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. I, from here, I fly tomorrow to Florida and then I'm going to Atlanta and then I'll be back here on Tuesday night. So a week from today, I'll be back here for Thanksgiving, get ready for Thanksgiving. And then usually I just show up at my brother and sister-in-law's house, but now we have to bring things this year because my parents live here and they don't want to do it. Bring, bring mashed potatoes and cream corn and you will be the life of the party just saying oh gosh I go yep. I'm gonna make I'm, I was like I am going to go all in and I'm gonna make pies this year like I'm gonna pull out my once lost baking skills and my brother was like all I wanted is a pie from Costco I know. and that pie is like this like it's the size of your like it's yeah 50 people it's can huge. eat that pie yeah it's huge I'm like you want huge. a bad pie you want a bad pie? <laughs> anyway, so that's what I'll be doing when I get back is 
not going to Costco to go to pie, but trying to make a better pumpkin pie to prove to him. Yeah, do it. You can, I have confidence in you. So yeah. Where yeah. is your, are your kids coming? Um, we honestly have not discussed it yet, which needs to happen. My parents have been doing this big trip, huge trip. Like they took a cruise. I don't know. They left out of Florida, took some cruise through the Panama Canal. Oh, nice. Came around to LA, been hanging out in LA. And my mom, my grandfather worked on the railroad. And when she was a kid, she used to take the train to and from LA because we had, she had aunts that lived out there. So she's wanted to do this for a long time. So they are taking a train back from LA to Emporia or to Kansas city, actually. So so cool. It's cool, but they've been gone for a long time. And I was fully anticipating that they would get to LA and be like, let's just take a flight, but they're not, they're getting on the plane. They're getting on the train. So yeah. And one of my dad's favorite movies is planes, trains, and automobiles. I don't know if you, so there's been, of course, I'm sure we'll watch that Thanksgiving and there'll be a bunch of jokes around that whole thing, but yeah. Funny, except for they need a cruise ship. I know they they do not have a ship and cruise ships and cruise ships. So (laughs) remake part two. (laughs) Anyway, so we haven't discussed it, but they get back um, later this week. And I think we'll have the discussion on what's happening for Thanksgiving, but it's my favorite holiday. So if anything, there'll be a lot of food and, and good homemade desserts and cream corn and mashed potatoes. Nice. Yeah. Feisty's, you know, a Canadian company. And so today I looked like my calendar popped up and I was like, Ella just scheduled a meeting on Thanksgiving day. I was like, I'm not going to that. (laughs) Cause their Thanksgiving's like in October. Yeah. They've already had theirs. Yeah. And they don't make a big deal out of it. Like not like we do. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be working Thursday or Friday and I'm coming back on Tuesday and I'm taking the day off to see my friends. So I'll be here Wednesday. Good. Good. (laughs) So anyway, yeah. Um, this week's guest. Jenna Reinhardt, Reinhardt. who we are chatting with. <laughs> uh, who has been, we, we're kind of making our way to some more of the women of the Grand Prix. Who yeah, we are. Last year and this year. And just kind of fun to hear, especially there's some of, you know, there's definitely the characters of the Grand Prix who there's a lot of attention, a lot of social media around. And then I feel like the woman we interviewed today, which will be the next podcast, and also Jenna, are both very quiet and very consistent. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's fun to get to know a little bit more of their stories. So yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, we talked with Jenna today. Enjoy it. Enjoy the podcast. And happy Thanksgiving. Let's talk sleep. My sleep routine has become so critical to my evenings. When I get good sleep, I make better choices, whether that's with food or exercise or simply my day-to-day activities. All the reading and listening I've done over the last year to help me with my sleep led me to Pillar, and it's been the quote-unquote game changer. The triple magnesium formula has improved both my REM sleep and my deep sleep, which were two areas that were very much in need of improvement. I've struggled with both those for years, but even better, Since I've been taking Pillar, I've noticed that not only have those improved, I just feel better rested and more recovered. Pillar is offering our U.S. listeners a 15% discount for you to give it a try for yourself. Head over to thefeed.com slash Pillar, that's P-I-L-L-A-R, and use the code GGG15 to start a journey to better sleep. 
I've been hearing Jenna's name all season, so I knew how to say it, Catherine. <laughs> I had to practice right before we hit the record button. I've been a little out of practice, so I made sure, but we have got, we, we got, we have we got, got. <laughs> Gosh, that's my East Tennessee that comes out when I'm kind of tired. Um, we have Jenna Reinhardt on the podcast with us today. Welcome, Jenna. Thanks. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, well, you have just finished your, the Grand Prix, the, the, a massive year. Um, and, uh, we want to get into that and kind of what your year has been like and some of the things that you do on the side, but we always like to get started just talking about how'd you get into cycling? Like what was your path here? Sure. Um, yeah, so I first, um, started, I was kind of a downhill ski racer, um, did a lot of that growing up and, also did some running, uh, cross country and track in high school, but had some injuries, like a lot of people's stories, I think. Um, and our ski hill, uh, had mountain bike trails in the summertime. So I first tried mountain biking when I was 15 and, uh, probably walked way more than I rode the first (laughs) few times, but, uh, really loved it kind of combined like the two sports of, um, yeah, like you had the endurance that you got from running, but the thrill of the downhills from, from downhill skiing. So kind of fell into the sport that way. Where and where's home? Like where'd you grow up? Yeah, I'm in southern south central Minnesota. So the town is called Mankato. We're about 70 miles from Minneapolis. So many downhill skiers come over to the sport. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You're probably not afraid to go downhill fast. I know. I was going to say, that's got to be it, right? (laughs) You like, you like ripping it down the hill. Yeah. That's That's fun. But I do like the uphills too. So, (laughs) so that's what it's fun to, yeah, do both. To do both. Nice. Well, you had, like Catherine kind of said, you, you just came off, uh, your 2023 season, um, featuring a lot of the Grand Prix events. Um, talk a little bit about that. What'd you think of your, like dive into that space? Yeah, it was a a crazy season. Um, I went into it with not too many goals. I just wanted to finish the series and kind of see where I could end up. It had been a long time since I'd sort of raced at that level. I did, uh, when I was younger and then took a long break from the sport. Um, I did Schwam again the year before, not in the Grand Prix, but did the race with the Grand Prix riders and that went pretty well. Um, so I had done Schwam again and I had done the Sea Otter race, not in that length, but I'd raced there before, but all the other courses were brand new. So I didn't really know what I was getting into exactly. I hadn't done, um, that long of races in the past. So that was a big, big learning curve. I learned a a lot this year. Had, you're from a mountain bike background. Has you done much gravel riding before this year? Yeah. So, um, in Minnesota, we've been riding gravel here before anyone even talked about gravel or it was really a thing. Um, I think I haven't done a ton of gravel racing. There've been some gravel races in Minnesota. Um, Almanzo is one that was, I think one of the, I don't know if it came before unbound or DK, but it was around that time. Um, it's been around for a long time. And so that was a an event that I did a few times, but I hadn't done any big gravel racing, um, like national level races until this year. Um, but I had been riding gravel before gravel bikes were 
a thing. You riding gravel on a cross bike? <laughs> a mountain yeah, bike? So actually, <laughs> actually, we started riding gravel on like hybrid. Like uh, I had a flat bar specialized yeah. Cirrus um, at first and it would fit like my mountain bike. And so I started training on gravel um, for mountain bike racing because it was harder than the road, like training on the road. Um, it felt like you had more resistance and it was just more interesting because the um, you know, the gravel was always changing and put more fatigue on your legs. Uh, so I kind of started, discovered gravel that way. Yeah. I started off on a, the, on a salsa mamacita, nice. a hardtail yeah. mountain bike, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a great bike for gravel, honestly. Yeah. It's fun. What, what did you, had you ever done like any of the 200 distances or something like an unbound before? Sure. Um, I've heard in 200 miles once, um, on the road, just like a, a fun ride where we stopped for like a sit down meal halfway through, um, <laughs> that was the only like time. a better way to do 200 miles. <laughs> yeah. That That's amazing. Of... We need to add that part to the, to the unbound course. Uh, I really think that could be an option. I, think I, think option. I love this. Like, I love this idea. <laughs> it's like, yeah. if you're there for the fun ride. Yeah, you just, you just have to keep moving. I mean, you can't stay too long. I know, but, yeah, but if you're like, fun. I'm going to yeah. finish at 2 a.m. anyway, you might as yeah, well have a nice meal. I might meal. as well have dinner. <laughs> sure. Yeah, this is a new thing, you, I feel like. If you sit too long, it can be hard to get going. But yeah, it was definitely a different experience. But yeah, I had never, uh, that was in my only 200 mile uh, distance. <laughs> and uh, I ended up not finishing Unbound this year. So I still have yet to do 200 miles on gravel, but. Oh, well, this year was an exceptional year. So. That was a lot of people. <laughs> it actually wasn't. I just want to be clear, but it was, our finish it was rate higher was still than, high. But, it was higher than other years. Yeah. But yeah. yes, it's still, yeah, it's, it was, a, it was a big year. So it was, yeah, there was a lot going on out there. Literally <laughs> every weather element we had. It was yeah. nuts. <laughs> I definitely learned a lot. I'm excited to come back and Good. finish Good. it. which which mountain bikers tend to favor the north course they like the north course better because it's just more technical so yeah i like that yeah yeah uh well did you have a race that was one of your was your favorite this year or that you you know you had you just were like this was more fun than i thought it would be um leadville was surprising to me uh i thought i I always said I would never do that race. Um, it just, it being so high altitude and living in Minnesota, uh, I've never really raced well at altitude. Um, and then not having much, uh, for single track, I was like, oh, I'm never going to do that race. Well then got in the grand prix and here I was signed up for it. And, um, it, yeah, I actually ended up enjoying it a lot more than I ever would have thought. And just the whole experience and the town and, um, yeah, it was fun to be a part of. Um, big sugar was, I mean, well, Schwamigan is a race I've done a lot. So I have a lot of experience there. So that is always a highlight of the season, but, um, big sugar was a really fun race too. So I, it's hard to pick one <laughs> that stands out. Well, you were smiling pretty big when you finished big sugar. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was a fun day. I, you had a good day out there. Yeah, so me well, so <laughs> I think that's also one that kind of does favor, um, bike handling skills, um, 
just that off camber gravel and um, lots of punchy climbs. It's kind of just relentless out there, but um, yeah, but it's also not 200 miles. So that kind of makes it allows you to still be smiling at the end. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's long enough, but not too long, but, but not yeah, too long. The punchy terrain is definitely a little more like what we have um, in Minnesota. So I felt a little more, we don't have as many rocks <laughs> as that, but um, it just felt a little more at home with that style of riding versus the really long, like hour long climbs at altitude are yeah. much harder for me. Well, and you had a really good finish for the year. I was just looking because I had remembered you were in the top 10, but I didn't remember that you were sixth overall, which is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It was tight racing down to the end, but, um, yeah, yeah. I think one of the, the, the fun things within that was to watch the race within the race every time, you know, cause like we actually had a, just interviewed somebody that was in cycling journalism on the roadside. And we're talking about how the tactics and they go to the very end. I'm like, it's not like that in gravel, you know, like you usually know who the winner is going to be of the race, but what's been fun with the Grand Prix is watching the race within the race. Cause that's actually oftentimes where you're seeing like the race to the line on yeah. things. And, and you, you're not, you're not like, well, I'm out of the top five. So I, you know, in this race, so I'm not going to keep pushing. You're like, no, I've got to get that standing was had you ever done like a series like that before and no uh I mean I've done some I guess mountain bike series back in the day but this the point structure is so I kind of like it it's so interesting that it's just one point uh, per spot so it comes down it's so close you have to fight for every single position even if you're you know maybe not having the day that you wanted and you're further back like every point counts in the series and so um, I felt like every race was, yeah, uh, fighting right to the end, no matter where you were uh, in the field. Well, you must have enjoyed it enough because you're coming back for more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. I want to take yeah, what I learned this. I yeah. learned so much this last year. I feel like um, just knowing the courses and what equipment to use. Like last year, I was doing so much studying of the courses and what were people running for tires and chain rings. And, um, so I, it'll be helpful, I think, to come back knowing some of that. Nice. Yeah. Last year we heard some of the women at the end of the season say that one of the key things was understanding how to pace a full year, uh, because it's so much racing, but you were saying you're already kind of missing racing. So. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, because I have a job, uh, as well, not just doing the full-time bike racing thing. I did the series and then I didn't do, I did some other races, but I didn't race like maybe as much as some others. So I think that helped keep me mm. maybe a little bit fresher, um, mentally, just not racing as much, even though it was a long season. Um, and then I think just finishing on a good note always helps too yeah. <laughs> at the end uh, versus a, a tough race at the end. But, um, yeah. I think, yeah. um, yeah, I, I do think that was there. I saw so many of those Grand Prix athletes doing so many other events, which I totally admire and respect, but I'm also like, God, that just, I would just be ready for a break. Yeah. Just and, the yeah. travel. Is... Yeah. The travel mm -hmm. just is a lot. So, I mean, even just going to the events that I am required to go to, or that I choose to go to with, with lifetime, it's just like, and I'm not racing. I'm tired from it. Like it's yeah. like, I'm, 
<laughs> our team was ready for big sugar as well like okay we're done like everybody take a breath so yeah. i mean they had austin rattler last weekend but that was kind of a lot more low-key so sure it's fun stuff yeah yeah well it's the mission of like gearing yourself up for a race going through the like why am i doing this to being all that like all the emotions you go through like every month and then like if you add other races on top <laughs> Yeah. And like you said, like it matter, you know, you can't just show up and be like, oh, I'm going to kind of slow roll this one and be here because it matters for points. You know, even though you can drop two races, what happens if you have a bad mechanical a bad or day. you get sick yeah. before one? Yeah. You know, you really have to yeah. take all of them seriously. So. And the, these races are so long that um, figuring out the recovery, I think, well, at least for me this year was just trying to how much rest do you need afterwards mm -hmm. and your body. How did you figure that out? Like, what did you, what did you end up doing? What was the balance that you kind of struck there after a big race? Um, <laughs> I was just figuring it out as I went, I guess. Um, probably, yeah, that was more in like for training, it was harder actually when I would, uh, add more intensity in, especially like before Schwamigan or even sea otter getting ready for some of uh, those shorter, like VO two efforts. Um, just figuring out the recovery was a little hard. I didn't work with a coach this year. So oh wow, I, um, <laughs> was kind of just doing it. I have worked with a coach in the past, so I'm familiar with, um, some ideas behind training, but yeah. Um, I think I just listened to my body a lot and mm -hmm. just kind of adjusted my training as I felt. So I always take the day uh, off after a race, but then usually the next day I would just do an easy spin still after that. And then listen to my body. If I was ready to start pushing again, effort, then I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most frustrating things about going to big gravel races in the last few years is I have been getting sick pretty much every time I travel and I travel about once a month for work or to a big gravel event or something related. And it's so frustrating when I get there and I can already feel the sore throat and the cold coming on. And it really takes me out for several weeks. And that's why I'm excited about our new podcast sponsor, Prevenex. We've worked with Prevenex within our Feisty brands for a long time. If you listen to Hit Play Not Pause, you've heard about joint support. Um, you've also heard about how their great protein powder. But I am really obsessed with this product called Immune Health Plus. It has helped me go from getting sick every time I travel to I have not been sick one time this year. And, and I've also been on the road a good bit already this year. So it has everything that you need for immune health support and it's way better than anything you're going to find in a grocery store or health food store it's supercharged with immune boosting ingredients like elderberry fruit extract zinc vitamin d vitamin c and calcium now if you want to stay healthy through your race season this year you're going to use the code girls gone gravel for 15 percent off your first purchase of immune health plus or any of their other products. That's Girls Gone Gravel for 15% off of your purchase. And you go to Prevanex.com. You can find that in the show notes. I also mm. just looked this up because I thought I saw this when the list came out the other day. Um, so you, you're 39, correct? Yep. So, which puts you, you were very young still, but it still puts you kind of in the top end of the athlete, the age. Like, do you see a difference with the recovery? Cause I think that's the mm. big thing. Women can race and train like way well past when men are kind of at their prime, you know, like you probably still have a lot of your best years ahead of you, but you do have to start adapting kind of your recovery or fueling your, some of those things more than 
when you're in your twenties and you're like, I can go race again next weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think experience just, I haven't, I don't have experience doing these really long races. That was new for me this year, but I've been riding bikes since I was 15 and then did a lot of racing, took a lot, a, a big chunk of time off. Um, but it was still riding. I just wasn't racing at a high level. So I think just years and years and years and years of riding is mm-hmm. helps like your body just kind of, it, it's just part of my daily routine to, to ride. So I think my body can handle maybe more than if I was newer to the sport, but, um, but yeah, age and kind of figuring that out as I go, but I was definitely inspiring when I saw last, I followed the series the first year and I saw that there was some women that were either my age or even a little older that were crushing it in the series. And that kind of, it was really cool to see that. I think with these longer races, um, maybe like, I don't have that top end short and like cross country mountain bike effort as much anymore, but ride a lot longer and still at a pretty high pace. Yeah. Heather Jackson's your same age and she run one hundred mile run the next week. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. She wants us to put the Leadville run in the <laughs> Can I the run in the Grand Prix. Oh, that would be amazing. Uh, would be good for her. I, I want to know how many people would use that as their drop race. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> you never know. We've got a lot of X runners. Oh, I know. I know I'm, but I'm like, that's a hundred miles at altitude. Yeah. Like well, it literally and, sounds like it's eating your muscles. As you're yeah, she, I don't, and I don't think she could have gone the opposite way. Right. Cause you need so much more recovery from a run than you do from a ride. Yeah. Like she couldn't have done Havelina and won it and probably done big sugar and had any kind of race the next weekend. I don't know. Maybe she does I don't know. Show, Cause she did do the Ironman world championship and then did and big sugar and take that I take that back um, <laughs> but um yeah I, I the other thing that you said that I thought was really interesting is you're like I've just learned to listen to my body which yeah. I think is harder when you're younger you're like I should just push through and there's so much value in like understanding and being able to listen to your body and give yourself grace when you need recovery yeah for sure. I think just, uh, experience helps with that a lot. Just, um, knowing like pushing past and too hard and ending up getting sick and having injuries in the past and things you just kind of hopefully learn from the, some of those experiences over time. But, um, yeah, I've really been trying to pay attention to that. And then just the mental side of it too, just keeping it, trying to keep it fun. Um, yeah. me at this point, it's not my main career. Um, but I am doing it because I love it. And I want to keep that, make sure that I'm keeping it fun the whole time. Yeah. Well, Racing you, at that level, is it not your career? Just like kind of blows my mind. Because you know, you've done that a couple, like you work a full, but you you own a bike shop. Like you, let's not, you don't work like another job. You, and owning a bike shop is a whole different beast of a beast. <laughs> Anybody yeah. that's worked on that space knows it's like nonstop and crazy. So how did you come to own a, a bike and ski shop, right? Yes. Yep. Bike and ski. Um, yeah. So my, so the shop has been around for over 50 years. Um, oh, wow. yeah, so it's been around for quite a long time. The previous owners, um, of the shop started it out of their garage in the country, um, kind of a unique situation, but they were both school teachers and they kind of started it as like a summer thing on the side. 
And over the years, the shop just kind of grew and grew and they retired from teaching and then um, kind of did that full time. Um, and somewhere in the middle of that, my husband started working for them when he was in high school. And then he worked for them through college um, and after college full time. And I, uh, in college, filled in out there a little bit. Um, did I had another job as well, but I worked out there um, a few times and learned some stuff. And then, um, yeah, when I was doing, I did mountain bike racing professionally for a while, um, but kind of the sport was in a tough spot and there wasn't a lot of opportunities for sponsorship or to take it to the next level. Um, and so we had the opportunity, the previous owners were looking to uh, potentially kind of sell the business or get out of it and retire. Um, and so we had the opportunity to purchase it from them. And I was pretty young. I was only 26. So um, yeah, we ended up, uh, it's been thir 13 years ago, just last week, I think um, that we bought the shop. So wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is quite an undertaking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm curious how the last few, because, you know, we've heard so much about what's happening in the, the cycling industry and it's been really hard for shop owners. Like how have the last few years been for you? Do you feel like you've recovered from all the craziness of the pandemic or are you all? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, the pandemic was crazy <laughs> as everyone knows. Um, it's, that was a whirlwind worked our butts off during that. Um, and then since then, yeah, I mean, the industry has definitely been in a tough spot in some ways with just inventory and getting that under control. Um, our shop, we've done a pretty good job of managing our inventory and staying on top of it. Um, we do a really good job with e-bikes. And so that has been kind of filling the void, I think, in some other categories. Um, e-bikes are just growing and taking off. So we have a lot of paved bike trails in our town. We have like, uh, close to 60 miles of paved trails. So we have a lot of recreational riders and we also live in a river Valley. So we have some steep short Hills. So e-bikes are like, we sell a lot of hybrid e-bikes. Um, and so that's, that's helped a lot, but yeah, definitely kind of the industry still sorting itself out. And, um, there's definitely some things that you're sitting on too much of and just kind of trying to get, get all that back to normal. Get it out. That's what, that's what we're doing at our bike shop. Some of the stuff we've got, I'm like, just sell it. Yeah. Get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah for sure. It's tricky. Well, yeah. so for 2024, um, I'm just kind of curious, like off of what you've taken from this last year, what are you like hoping to do different and what races are you really looking forward to seeing, um, to take what you learned from it and, and excel? Sure. Um, nutrition <laughs> is, uh, I'm still learning like to eat enough and drink enough. I, that's always drinking has always been a weak point for me on the bike. I usually just don't drink enough. Um, in these long races, like in the past, when I was doing cross country races or like two hour races, you could get away with that. But in these long ones, um, I'm definitely learning. I had uh, several races where I kind of faded at the end and lost some spots this year. And so I want to see if I can improve on that and just more experience with, yeah, and pacing probably too. But I think a lot of it, I just maybe didn't feel right and um, kind of just ran out of energy at the end. 
Um, I want to, so Unbound, this, I probably am one of the few people that uh, had a good experience through the mud. <laughs> um, and I ended up, I didn't know this at the time, but I exited the mud in first place um, for the women and had probably till 40 miles in, I had was in the lead and I didn't even know <laughs> this year. Um, and because we got so mixed with the men that I didn't know till Sophia caught me. And then she, uh, I was like, I'm not sure who's out in front of us. And she's like, I think this is the front of the race. And I'm like, oh no. So um, I ended up sort of failing my nutrition on that one. And I was I didn't really drink in that whole mud section and, or eat or anything. Um, and then I got out of it and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know how long it took us to get out of it, but um, I was already behind. So I kind of panicked and started, I was like, oh no, if you get behind in this race, I've heard that, you know, you're, it's going to be a long day. So I just started, um, trying to take in as much as I could. And I think I mixed my drink mix too thick and my stomach just got really sick feeling. And, and I got to the first aid station and I think I was still in fifth. And then I left that one. And a little after that, I started puking in the ditch and was just laying there for a long time. Oh man. Uh -huh. I ended up dropping out like 90 some miles in, um, which at the time felt like the right call, but, uh, after you're like recovered and all better. And then you hear everyone else's stories, like of them overcoming all this stuff. I am like now regretting that I dropped out, but <laughs> it's hard. I know that is kind of part of it. Um, right. so I really want to come back and that race. Well, I'm not familiar with 200 miles. Like the, the Midwest terrain feels yeah. more similar to what I'm used to. Um, we have wind here as well. So I'm used to headwind. That's how I do some of my intervals is straight into the headwind. Cause we don't have like big mountain passes. Um, and so I, I was excited for that race last year and I was kind of bummed to have a, not be able to finish it. So I guess that's a highlight of, I want to come back and just, I don't care even the result this year. I just want to get through it. Get through yeah. it. Nice. You should make a special Jersey or like a special <laughs> armband that people can wear like revenge. <laughs> revenge <laughs> yeah, on 2023. Yeah. Like all the people that are out for like their redemption rides. There's a lot of that. Like the redemption <laughs> rides. For you sure. would just be like so. handing them out to everybody <laughs> at sure. the start line. Yeah. I've always said, like, if I would just take the bikes that people try to give me at that finish line, I'd have a ton of bikes. I don't want it. I, I never want to see, see it again. again. <laughs> but yeah, that's funny. So yeah, well, it's so hard to like figure out the whole, the nutrition piece in an event like that. And yep. You yep. can't like you. It's really hard to catch up because it just like jacks up your stomach. Yep, it you, does. You, you, it's the it's the whole in. sip sip nibble nibble, and you can't not do it. Like you just can't not do it. Like that's that little that little eat drink feature on my Garmin is a lifesaver because it's just like I don't need to, and then it's like no no, like that's there to tell you to do it whether you need to or not, or want to. I guess it should be I need to, but yeah that that's yeah. I'm the same way I don't do well with nutrition and hydration I just kind of power through and then it always ends up kicking me in the butt at the end so yeah 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 well good so you learn that lesson and you're going to come back and re have a revenge year I learned so. it the hard way yeah, <laughs> ready ready to come back and get revenge on that one and then nice yeah I think just 
being consistent with the other ones um, is a big part of the series, just having consistency and yeah, um, for sure. Cool. Do you have uh, sponsors on top of your bike shop? Uh, yeah. So last year, I I just kind of jumped back into this level of the sport and yeah. didn't really like seek out much for sponsorship. I um I didn't really know where I was going to be, and I didn't really want that pressure almost to like have to perform. I just wanted to ride and race for myself. I did. Um, we have a good relationship. Our shop does with Specialized, and so they did help me with the mountain bike. Um, which was awesome. But I, other than that, didn't really seek out any sponsors last year. I just wanted to <laughs> do it and just ride for my shop and, and not have to worry about that extra piece. But, um, but yeah, I'm trying to figure out what options might be for next year at this point. Um, a little, a little help like would be always nice for sure. Yeah. And stuff. So. Do you feel like the Grand Prix has given you some of that opportunity? For sure. Yeah. Just the the exposure and just telling stories and um yeah I hadn't been in the scene for 10 12 years and so um I a lot of people didn't know who I was which uh which is, is great and fine um but I, yeah so I think being in the Grand Prix and then yeah just helping tell our story is has been really really helpful awesome that's good to hear because you you know we're we hope that's happening so yeah. That's good. I'm curious, having been out of the scene for like, you said 10 or 12 years, what did you find different with the women's racing scene coming back in? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I mean, it having seen what it was before, I think the last time I was like, it's maybe more than 10 years. Um, <laughs> I was racing like some bigger races still in maybe 2009, 2010-ish. Um, and then, yeah, st- was still racing a little bit, but more just like regionally in those 10 years between that. So I wasn't just n- not doing anything, but um, it's a lot better. I think it's not perfect, especially for women, but um, it is, there's way more opportunity I see now than what was when I kind of left the sport. Um, when I raced mountain bike, like as U23, um, there was definitely a big difference in between what the men were getting and the women. Um, and that was always definitely frustrating <laughs> a bit. And um, yeah, when I kind of ended U23 and then was trying to make that jump to like the elite field, well, I was racing with the elite field, but not in the U23 category anymore. Um, it was really hard to, to find opportunities. Um, you, there was some factory teams, but there wasn't like the kind of independent route, like social media wasn't really as big of a thing. Then, um, some people had blogs, but they didn't really, there wasn't Instagram and <laughs> that was about it. So I think, I'm thinking about the blogs. Cause like, that's where I totally, I like forget about that. Like that's totally where I used to go to read the race reports was go to like cornbread Godfrey, Corey cornbread Godfrey's blog and <laughs> guitar Ted's blog. And like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. Cause like you forget, I forget about how much the sport has just changed from that perspective of the exposure piece, but yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's a good reminder. That's funny. <laughs> it's a lot easier to follow along. Like in yeah. was Strava back then you can now like see what, I mean, the athlete, some of the athletes, like I just have all my rides posted. Anyone can see what I'm doing. And that's kind of cool. Like, um, 
piece to it. So that part has changed a lot. Um, just yeah, more opportunities to follow along with people that uh, you look up to or yeah, you're fans of. Um, and in mountain biking, it wasn't as bad, I guess, as like maybe like road um, as versus like for like at races, like the payout would always usually be similar for like the men's winner and the women's winner for mountain biking back then. But um, just the opportunities for like teams or sponsorship was, was harder then. Um, but I definitely see, I think more opportunities now, but it's still, yeah, the coverage and stuff isn't perfect. <laughs> for sure. <clears throat> yeah. It's funny. Cause we just talked to somebody about the European scene and we're like, <laughs> we felt really good about America after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Winning on that one. <laughs> For sure. It's not hard to be bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> the bar is pretty low. <laughs> oh, my. Well, um, so what do you have planned for the winter? What's going to be your winter plans and, and heading into spring? Yeah. Um, so I took just a little bit of downtime after Big Sugar, but then I've kind of been, um, back riding right now in Minnesota, you kind of have to look at the weather Get it while it's good <laughs> and we had a cold spell, but now it's been in like, uh, forties and fifties and dry roads and then some sixties next week. So I'm still doing some kind of longer endurance rides. Um, but I try to train mostly outside in Minnesota. Um, I know a lot of people, like I hardly ride the trainer inside. I have a fat bike with studded tires and I do a lot of riding on that, um, outside. And then I do sneak away last year. I snuck away to Arizona for a good chunk of February. So do cheat a little bit and get out of here for, for that. Um, but so I'm hoping to do that again, uh, this year. Um, but I think nice. we'll be in Minnesota for through at least mid January or unless it's really, really bad. <laughs> and then mix in a little cross-country skiing, a little running, um, and then fat biking. Do you know what your first race of the season will be? Are you going to wait till sea otter or do you have something else on the calendar? Yeah. Um, last year it was sea otter. Um, I know for the rest of the country, that's maybe not early, but for coming from Minnesota that it feels really early to race. <laughs> You're like, what's this warmth thing? Yeah. <laughs> last year before sea otter, I I think like a week or two before Seattle, I was doing interval intervals on my fat bike in like, uh, the teens, I think the temperature was. So, um, it, I may try to do, um, the BWR Arizona race, um, in March, if I'm still in Arizona, um, just as a early season, like be that'd good, be a good one but... to kind of kick the cobwebs out and yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm hoping, um, if my schedule works that I can be there then to do that one. And then otherwise I probably won't do much until sea otter again. Just, um, last year I was like, Oh crap, is that too late? But then I think of how long the season is and how burnt yeah. out some people were by <laughs> October that I think waiting sometimes till a little later, isn't the worst yeah. thing. I mean, you finished six in a stacked field. So I think you're, I think you're playing. <laughs> you're worked. doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, I think you just got to figure out what works for you too though some yeah. people uh do really good with that but um just finding the right the right balance and making sure that it's fun yeah that's a that's key, key word key for you, Jenna. Fun. I can tell that's awesome <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, if it's not fun, then yeah. Then why? Know. Why are you doing it? Then why? I mean, sometimes yeah. it's a little type two fun for a while. Yeah. Sometimes it hurts, but it's still, yeah, it's, it's still yeah. fun. So sometimes you puke in a ditch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, like time heals that memory a little memory bit. Memory and wound. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so where can people find you if they're looking to follow Jenna Reinhardt? Sure. Yeah. I have, um, Instagram is, uh, Jay-Z Reinhardt and I'm also have, uh, Strava I post on there very frequently. Um, just Jenna Reinhardt, Facebook, Jenna Reinhardt. Cool. So, yeah. Ooh, awesome. well, folks should definitely go give you a follow and we will For be sure. excited to watch your season next year and see you at some races. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Morning. Yeah. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.